Hey, this is Megan McDuffie. I'm a video game composer, recording artist, and music producer. And you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. The Casanova Podcast, the number one podcast in Hawaii, is brought to you by these contributors on Patreon. If you'd like to see more content like this more often, as well as more podcasts, reviews, impressions, early access releases, live streams, and original content, then consider becoming a patron today. And welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova. I'm coming at you with another phenomenal interview. In today's episode, I have the true honor and privilege of interviewing the legendary and iconic DJ Theo. Now, DJ Theo, he is DJing since 1992. He's from Southern California. He's one of the pioneers of the rave scene that was going on there. He's created a name for himself while changing genres and staying true to his integrity, committing to what he feels is the best in underground dance music. His consistency of skillful mixing and lively scratching has cemented his sound regardless of what genres of co-mingling in his style. In addition to his DJing, DJ Theo is also an accomplished producer and remixer that has landed several tracks on Bedrock, Suara, Perfecto, Luke, drops and system recordings to name just a few his approach to music production mimics his djing artistry and the aspect that genre comes second over the feeling of the music genres and styles are split shattered and then reformed into songs that work on multiple dance floors and in this episode today we're going to cover everything from his journey producing mixing and so much more so if you're ready to do it i'm ready to do it let's go ahead and welcome Theo onto the show. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I am your host, Mikel Casanova, and I'm honored to have the privilege of interviewing the one, the <laughs> only DJ Theo, aka Jacob Ophelis. Man, how's Thank it you. going? <laughs> it's going. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, I'm getting, uh, you're catching me right before I am um, taking off. Awesome. Uh, so I currently live in Hawaii, not too far from where we're at right now. I live in Hawaii Kai and um, moving to Santa Barbara uh, next week. So, yes, yeah. nice, nice. Hey, man, go ahead and um, plug like your social media outlets, your sure. website and everything. Yeah, you're but you can catch me. You know, most of what I'm doing at uh, djtheo.com. That's T-H-E-E-O. Even if you spell it wrong, it'll go there. So about all, about every variation you can get, so it, it'll all go to the same place. And um, to go to uh, my Facebook, you know, just look up Theo, and you'll find me. And um, my uh, probably use Instagram the most. So um, I don't really tweet as much as I used to, just because mm-hmm. I just kind of found it just a lot of noise. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, so, yeah, if you want to find me on uh, Instagram, it's T-H-E-E-Show. Okay, okay. No, I, I definitely agree with you about, like, Twitter. Like, I, I feel like I'm only on it if I have to be on it or yeah. if I have to network and promote something. But, yeah, there's so much noise on Twitter, and I just feel like when it comes to, you know, if I'm going to be on social media, Facebook is dying off yeah. slowly. Yeah. And I feel like for promoting, like, a brand or a business, it's either Instagram, Twitter, surprisingly LinkedIn. Yeah, I've been utilizing LinkedIn a lot more lately. Um, you know, the, the the content you create for LinkedIn is definitely dip, you know viewed a little differently, um, and you know what you get from there is is a bit different as well. So I, I like it that it's more professional mm-hmm. uh, platform, and you know, I. I'm an IT guy. I've been doing IT for a long, long time. So I utilize that a lot for my IT stuff. But I've started utilizing that for the DJing stuff as well. Nice, nice, nice. And, you know, let's talk about, like, your career in DJing. And you're also a producer as well. Like, you've been DJing and producing for over, what, 20-plus years? 25 years now? Yeah, I've been DJing. This will be my uh, 28th year, I think. Wow. Yeah, 28th year. So, like, what, you know, in in that journey, like, how much have you seen, how much has changed in, like, music? Oh, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when I first started DJing um, raves, I was 18. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'll tell you I'm about 46 right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so when when I first started DJing, it was, you know, vinyl only. You know, we weren't, there wasn't any, you know... Uh, digital platforms at the time um, you had to go into a record store and, and buy your records mm-hmm. and to play out that night and um, you know that part of it I, I definitely miss I don't l- miss lugging around vinyl everywhere I went <laughs> go now but um, I do miss the, the the record store and that vibe and I still collect vinyl so th- that's still a part of, of my life but it used to be a bigger part because I was part of my DJing mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that the platform, the the tools that you use to DJ have definitely you know changed over the years. I've seen it morph into in you know from dig, from you know vinyl to CDs to USBs, um, and I'm sure it, it'll get to the point where streaming is is going to be where it's at as well. Um, I think that's probably in its infancy, but I think it's something that will eventually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as the music itself, um, it's always progressing. It's always moving forward. Um, you know, back when I was first started DJing, there really was, as far as you know, underground dance music, it really was only house and techno. And mm-hmm. you know, now you have you know all sorts of offshoots of th- those two you know basically grandparents <laughs> of, of uh, electronic music. You know, you have you know everything from you know tribal to trans to trap to dubstep to drum and bass to and then every subgenre imaginable underneath all of that so um it's quite daunting i mean i'm i'm glad i got into it when i did mm-hmm. um you know before social media before you know where it was just uh, you know word of mouth and, and you know and pressing and um, duplicating mixtapes and passing those out because mm-hmm. um, now if, I feel if I started it, it'd be like where do you where do you go yeah you know it's like yeah you can do the SoundCloud oh and I forgot to mention my SoundCloud SoundCloud we're gonna <laughs> slash leave, Theo. we're gonna leave links to everything down in the description below Sounds the good. podcast so. um, but uh, you know 
yeah, I, I wouldn't know how to actually promote myself, you know, because it, now it seems like this whole thing is like, you know, you, you want to, you know, gain, you know, members and you want to get, you know, become an influencer and yeah. all of that. And, um, you know, that to me takes a little bit out of the, you know, the real interaction with people out of the equation. And that's that's unfortunate. Um, it seems like we're we're so caught up on seeing people live their best lives that we're not actually yeah. part of that interaction. It's really, it's like, I'm just posting what you, what you should consume of me, but mm-hmm. we're not having a dialogue. Yeah. And, and that's why I, I, I'm glad I, I did it when I did, because it was really about pressing the flesh and getting to know people and networking, really networking, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's been a crazy journey. I've I've been crazy to go from you know that style of promotion and then seeing how you know when you know Friendster started and then, you know you get you know your MySpace and then your fr- Facebook and seeing how yeah. all of that morphed into what it is going on today. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, again, I'm glad I did it when I I did it because I got to see and do things differently than how they are now. Mm-hmm. But now I just utilize these things as tools. I'm not interested in becoming um, an Instagram star or whatever. And, and and that whole culture bothers me a little bit because I feel like um, it's so much caught up into, like, you have an Instagram and you're an attractive person, all of a sudden you're a model. Yeah. I just, I mean, <laughs> that... I mean, you, that's the same thing as you have, you have two two controllers, and all of a sudden now you're a DJ. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really fly in my you know, DJing isn't about you know just having you know the means to DJ. Yeah, there's a lot more to it. Having an Instagram isn't the means to being a model. Is there's a lot more to it. Yeah. and I think this instant gratification um, that's part of our culture now. Um, it's funny, it's because it's instant gratification, but yet it's instant dis- dismissive. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I need to be instantly gratified, and as soon as I am, I'm, I don't want to see it ever again. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just this weird, like, and it forces, I was reading this um, article about influencers, because a lot of the brands are getting away from uh, us- using them as a, a means of um, marketing, because yeah. there is just, it's, ultimately, a lot of these people... It, it's hard for them to keep people engaged constantly, um, and it becomes where you're just making kind of a fake life in order to feed these things. Yeah, and I don't think that's uh, good for your for your soul. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely not. And that's something like for me, you know, when I went to school, I went to school for marketing, mm-hmm. and then. As soon as I got my degree in marketing, boom, social media, and it's like, that killed them. Right, right, exactly. Same with my wife. She she, she did the same thing, yeah. So it's like, you know, as I've, like you, you know, I've been doing IT and then, you know, doing the the YouTube and the podcasting and all that, and I've seen how, you know, especially with the last four, almost five years I've been doing YouTube, how, you know, when it comes to the portrayal of how you are online, they have to portray a certain persona and act a certain way and and keep that up and then when you're on their social media platforms when you're on twitter or you're on instagram or the latest thing now is tiktok it's Mm -hmm. you got to keep that same type of image and then 
you know, they can't keep it up. No. You know, when I've, I've hung out with other YouTubers or I've met people or I've gone to different conventions and, and they're entirely different. Like when someone comes around, they're like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> they're around and say, oh, God, I'm, go I'm glad the person's gone. And it's, it's, it's not easy to, to keep up. And, you know, like I tell people all the time, for me, I'll post, you know, I do my reviews. I work with game and tech companies. Um, actually just got sent the... Uh, a mixer interface from TC Helicon. Mm -hmm. So I'm nice. going to be working on a review for that. And, you know, I, I enjoy that aspect of it, but the constantly being, like, on social media to promote this false image, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's too trading. Yeah, and it, be, it becomes exhausting. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine, like, trying to, you know, think of content 24 hours a day. It has to be, you know somewhat just like you know we just there's so much right yeah. and then you know there the platforms always change like you just mentioned tiktok you know and you know which really is replacing you know the pop what happened with vine yeah i mean you know, vine was super popular for a minute and you know how long will tiktok last and then until there's something else something new yeah it's just it's hard to really you know stay you know, involved when there's just so much movement around it. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like DJing because DJing is, is there's so much music that, you know, how do you really, you know, find what you need yeah. and find what, what best represents you as a person because there's just so much. Um, and it's good. It's a good, it's a good problem because that means there's plenty of options and plenty of avenues to go down, but it also becomes just, you know, you're um, like an island in the middle of a giant sea, which we are in. Hawaii. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, like like what you were saying about, like, if you were starting out now, like, you wouldn't know where to start. No, like, I, no. I feel like that's become, like, the norm for almost every field now. It's like, where do you start? There's so much. And I kind of feel like it's. You know, given that, you know, we come from the era, the pre-social media era, right. like before it's like, okay, you want to do this, you're going to take either this path, this path, or this. Right. It was very limited options, whereas now it's like, here's everything, and you're like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah, seriously, <laughs> and um, it becomes, like, I look at these, uh, you know, people's feeds, and, um, and I wonder, like, what is a real life like? Because yeah. this is not real. Yeah. And it's it's prefabricated. It's there for you to feel like, oh, I wish I was them, or I wish I was, you know, in the same situation. And you know, it's fake in my opinion. I yeah. mean, ultimately, just be yourself. And um, I think it's really important for you to just, you know, like if I if I don't know who you are as part of your narrative because of your social media it's like if i can't tell what you're about in your feed or if all your pictures are just of you um yeah. then you're not telling a story you're just it's narcissism yeah and um you know i don't mind pictures of food i don't mind you know pictures of you know what you're doing um you know from from your perspective but, you know, like I, I see these feeds of like these Instagram models and it's just like me, 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 me. And it's just like, oh, I mean, really, can there be more to you than just this? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it just seems like we're living in a very narcissistic, egocentric um, culture right now. And instead of, um, you know, our souls are being fed by the number of people who like our stuff. Yeah. And that's not cool. You know, and, and one thing, like, uh, I like to say, and I'm seeing it become more and more of a reality, is we're living in a time where everyone... Well, not everyone, but majority of people are looking for false validation. Yes. Like, they're looking for validating themselves through how many likes, how many retweets, how many shares. Right. It's like, it, it. when I see that, like, just like you're saying, like, the people with all the pictures of just themselves, it, it's, it's so narcissistic to the, the sense of, it makes you wonder, how lonely are people now? Yeah, yeah. You know? true that like i know how many you know instagram followers i have it's like Mm -hmm. like 5200 or something like that Mm -hmm. um i but i've never thought of how do i get more i that's never been a part of me or what i want to do with the platform i've never like like seriously have thought to myself well how can i engage and get more more followers and because i think if i think that way then I'm thinking, I'm not thinking of who I really am. I'm thinking of what other people want me to be instead of who I really am. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's just, if I post a lot of pictures of, you know, food, of DJing, of events, of, you know, um, living in Hawaii while I've been here, you know, just that's, you know, that's me. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather give you kind of who I am as a whole or, you know, rather than just one side of me and let me focus on that so I can, you know, either, you know, become an influencer because now that's a whole, this whole thing about micro influencers or, you know, so it's like a, a certain number of followers, yeah. you're, you have this thing and, you know, um, I don't, I don't feel like I, I want to leverage um, that kind of stuff. I, I'd rather just, hey, this is me, you know. And yeah. I, my, mine isn't even public. Mine's private. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if you want to know me, then you have to, you know, ask. And I'm, you know, most of the time I'm cool about it. But um, it's it's really I just don't. I rather have it be like people who are friends and 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 love the music or we have mutual things in common rather than me trying to push myself on you. Yeah. And another thing too, like these people that are trying to be influencers and micro influencers. And I think, you know, for a lot of us who understand how the social media stuff works, uh, and also for different industries, it's very easy to just buy the followers. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, and I've seen plenty of that. I know people who have, you know, 14,000 followers, but yet two likes on each of their Instagram posts. I'm like, how does that equate? Um, (laughs) You know, it's just whatever. But um, it's easy to tell, you know, who's like trying to, you know, be fake about it. You know, it's, it's silly. Just, you know... Focus on just being a good person and, yeah. you know, good content will follow. And you don't have to, you know, be, you know, show this fake life in order to, you know, lure people into, you know, who you are. It's funny, though, because my, my niece is going to be turning 16 and my nephew is going to be turning 18. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
they'll talk to me about, you know, oh, wow, you have 5,000 followers. I'm like, I don't care. I really don't <laughs> care. Um, but it's funny how that is something that is looked upon in that generation as something to achieve yeah. or something that to, to be admired. Um, yeah. I just if you're focused on that part of your life you're not focusing on the good stuff in your life it's my you know just yeah you have to go out and have a good meal and it's it's worth taking a picture of take a picture of it yeah but don't be that person who needs to take a picture of everything they eat just I mean, unless you're making money doing a food blogger like if you're making money doing this stuff i have i can't say nothing because that's that's honestly more power to you um i can't get there just because that just doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> but if you are out there making money off your instagram feed more power to you and you also notice how especially when you see a lot of the, the younger people the teenagers and, and even the people in their 20s i feel like every time like if you know i'm walking in waikiki or i'm going around the island or wherever even if i'm traveling i see people more with their phones they're just yeah. living through their phone, and yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, look at the world around you." Yeah, <laughs> it's funny to see so many people in Hawaii. Like you walk, down, like you said, like just going down Waikiki, and it's just they're on their phones, and you are surrounded by beauty, but yeah. yet you are just stuck to your phone, and it's that that is sad. Like, literally, we got Diamond Head Crater right, right. behind us. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I go hiking there, it's like I just see people on their phone like, oh, look, look, I'm here. I'm here. And I'm like, how about you just experience it? Yeah. And then talk about it. You know, and not not trying to tell people what they should do. It's just, you know, for us coming from pre-social media, it's just weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You know, I I do like and I wish I had more time for this, but I do like the the original intention of blogging, which is, you know, the the online diary, you know, the 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 way you could actually talk about, you know, these experiences like instead of these, you know, little capsules of time uh, like your 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 Facebook check ins or your Instagram, actually creating a narrative Mm -hmm. like a true narrative and being able to talk about, you know, things and give historical context and and you know bring up other issues and actually have it become more of a story rather than this snapshot um you know i still love like podcasts i think i listen to podcasts all the time i think that's a great way to approach things and and get more people to engage Mm -hmm. um i i just i i want a story i want a bigger part than just you know, here I am in Waikiki. Great. Yes. <laughs> no, I, 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 dude, I, I see that also. Like even when it comes to podcasting, there's you notice that that's kind of the trend now. Like everyone wants to do a podcast yes. now, and it's funny. Like I've been podcasting for a couple of years now. And now I'm seeing like everyone's jumping in, and, and it's like, hey, I got a podcast. I'm like, cool. What is it about? Right. What are you talking about? So the, the thing I, I'm noticing so much with podcasting, I've seen a lot of YouTubers transition over to, oh, I've got a podcast. I've seen streamers and, and, and celebrities. Everyone's got a podcast. I'm like, that's cool. I understand. That's a trending right. thing. What is the narrative? What is the focus right. of your show? Like For mine, it's literally organic conversations 
about the person, what they do, mm-hmm. what they enjoy, how they got there, and what the audience can take away from it. And, that, and to me, that's very Hawaiian. <laughs> you know, it's, it's getting to know people, you know, talking story. You know, I love that concept. Like when I first heard the term talking story, I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. It's just, it's a way of getting to know each other. And it's, it, it puts story right in the front of it. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're not just, it's not a passing conversation. We're talking story. Yeah. And that's cool. Um, so I think that by, in nature, you being, you know, by, 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 really, you're Hawaiian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you already have that in you to, you know, it isn't just necessarily, you know, high and by. It is, you know, let me get to know you as a person. Yeah. And I think that's very instinctive here. I think that's part of the culture here. Yeah. Um, you can meet someone, you know, doing anything and get to know them. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really, you know, one thing I've, I love, you know, because I was born and raised in L.A. Mm-hmm. And people think of L.A., they have their, you know, their ideas of what L.A. is. I always tell people it's two different things. It's There's L.A. and there's Hollywood. And, mm-hmm. you know, most people think uh, when they think of L.A., they think of the Hollywood, the, the you know, the, you know, people coming to try to make it for themselves or, you know, the, and there's this fake, you know, very fake aspect of humanity being as a part of the Hollywood culture. And then there's people from L.A. who are good people and hardworking and, you know, don't, aren't fake. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, not everyone in, you know, the L.A. area has an angle. Not everyone's trying to, you know, push their their own agenda. Yeah. Um, and that's why I really liked coming here and living here because in L.A. it's all about what you're trying to push. Mm-hmm. Here, it's almost if you were, let's say, a corporate climber or someone who wanted more, it's almost to your disadvantage being here, because it's you here. You are so you're grateful for what you have, yeah, and you 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 stay humble. Um, you know, it's interesting. I you know, I'm 46. I have an IT career, and. You know, when I got here, I thought, oh, they hired me because I got hired from from the mainland mm-hmm. and I worked for the state. And what I thought was, oh, they were going to bring me here because they want me to make changes. Um, and ultimately, the first day I'm at work and I meet my boss and she's like, oh, I don't want don't change a thing. OK. All right. So then I realized from a career perspective, I just committed career suicide by moving here because there was no way for me to grow yeah. here. Um, and especially working at the state, everyone just stays in their jobs. They don't, yeah. no one's working on trying to get to the next rung. Everyone's just chill, um, which is amazing. But also at my age and where I'm at in my career, I still want to grow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that ultimately led me to the decision of going back to mainland, working on my career, and then maybe come back later in life mm-hmm. when I don't have to worry about that. Um, I told them, like, if I would have got this job in 10 years, mm-hmm. I probably would have stuck it out, you know, just because it's I was working for the state of Hawaii, got a pension. It's all, it's, it's, I mean, it's awesome. Um, it just wasn't the right time for me. And... Um, and I miss home and I miss being in LA and I miss, um, that aspect of it. Um, 
because I left, you know, my DJing career there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been I've been fortunate enough to DJ a lot here on the islands. Like I just, you know, was part of the Ikoma Mai Fest mm-hmm. um, that was just took place this past weekend. Um, um, I have my good friend Miko, um, who throws um, centered over at next door on when, on Wednesday nights. Um, I've known knew, known of him for a long time. We were friends in L.A. and then when he moved back here because he's from here, mm-hmm. um, he was you know starting stuff up, and I've been able to do some stuff with him. Um, but it's still, you know, it's been wonderful, and I don't want to dismiss it at all because it's been it's been great to have it as an outlet. Um, I just unfortunately I need more. Yeah, and you know, and I don't think I, I I have to feel bad for that, but that's just my reality. It's like one of the things my wife and I um, really love is live music. Yeah, and there's tons of great live music on the island. You just go down to Alamoana and it goes, you'll hear live music. You go to any bar, you'll hear live music. You know, but there's bands that we like that you know we've been following for a long time, and you know they'll never make it to the islands. You know, yeah. all those tours that we love never make it to the islands yeah so for us that's been hard you know i knew we were moving back mainland for a couple of months so i already have t- concert tickets lined up for the summer you know mm-hmm. just because i know i'll be back and be able to actually go and do that stuff again um so that to me was really hard was leaving that part of my identity there in la and um but it's been uh, it's Living here has actually helped me in a lot of different ways. It's helped me slow down. It's helped me be more mindful you know, and be more humble mm-hmm. and be more appreciative. Appreciative. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I wrote on my Facebook like three months into being here that it was like you know sometimes you have to remove everything from your life in order to understand what you need. Yeah, and that's what Hawaii was for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have, you know, people who would love to keep me on the island, um, and I, I'm grateful for that. I, I will be back, um, but right now, you know, for my career and for, you know, and, and even for the music, you know, I, I, it's best if I, you know, focus on that on the mainland. And, um, you know, my buddy, who's also one of the headliners of Ikoma Mai, is uh, uh, DJ Dan mm-hmm. from L.A., um, when he came out here in July uh, and played a couple of shows and he was talking to my wife and he's like you know you just need to get him back home (laughs) (laughs) and then when I saw him this past weekend he's he's like I'm so glad you're coming back he's like you know he's like and not to say you will never come back he's like right now you know you vibrate at a seven. The island vibrates at a four (laughs) and maybe when you're when you're ready to vibrate at a five you'll come back and I'm like maybe we'll see no, it is so true, like, especially if you want to do more. And, you know, for the audience who's not familiar with how Hawaii is, it's very laid back, very slow paced. So if you're coming from L.A. or Washington or anywhere really in the mainland, maybe, maybe no, bigger city. Just yeah, maybe it's just bigger cities. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a slower pace uh, here. And you'll especially like because I can say the same thing about it. Like when I was at. You know, Hawaii Pacific Health, I hit a point where I'm like, I can't go up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's it? This is this is as far as I go? Yeah, that's it. Because the person above me had been there for like 20-something years. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. 
And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? I, you know, I've got these certifications. Can I go to this hospital? Okay, if I go to Queens, that person's been there for that long. If I right. go to Kaiser, right. that person's been there. So I'm like, all right, well, let's just see if, you know, we can do this this podcasting thing. And so, I, I you know, I, I told my wife, like, if, because I, I do, I'm ambitious. Yeah. I want to do more. Right. And I know that I can't do as much as I want to here and we've actually been talking about moving to either you know la or to um san diego mm-hmm. uh but i know for her because she's from molokai so oh. like even that's even slower Whoa. <laughs> you met like one of the 15 people on that island and fell in love <laughs> wow <laughs> so it's like uh, you know for for her and i i'm like i want to go there she's like yeah i want to go but then there's that I don't really want to. Well, see, and even this has to be a big, like, a huge change from where she grew up, right? Yeah. You know, going to Honolulu is like, for some of the people on the outer islands, they're like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a huge, huge change. Because I think she she came out here when she started going to college about 12, 13 years ago. And it's just been, she's like, it's, it's, she's, I'm still getting used to it. Right. So, uh, you know, we went to, um, yeah, we went to LA last year for E3. That was like overload. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. Oh. So she's like, oh, it's just like, uh, there's a lot of people. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and Hawaii is, is, is a wonderful place, but I do feel like it's also a place where, you just if you if you're fine with where you're at in life you're going to be great yeah but if you are overly ambitious it's almost looked it's almost frowned upon yeah you know and 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 that's weird you know it's like yeah because if if you try to you know push your way it means pushing others out of the way and that would look bad. So, yeah, this whole, you know, spirit of aloha, which is very real, and it is a true thing. And, you know, I even bought this book called Managing with Aloha because, mm-hmm. you know, I want to take that approach of, of, of managing with me. It isn't, you know, about the work all the time. It's about the people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's the one thing I, I love and respect about living here is that you your focus becomes different, you know, and, um, I have a friend, um, who just moved to Hawaii Kai two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, he is the new CIO of HMSA. Nice. Yeah. So he, he was the CIO of Molina healthcare when I was working there. And, um, I met him for coffee last week and he was like, it's like, too bad you're leaving. I could use you. I'm like, damn. (laughs) Um, but he is has i mean I could really tell that he will be successful in his role because of how his demeanor is and yeah. how his personality is because you know that really accounts for a lot of how you will be perceived here um I got a pass because I'm brown, so people <laughs> thought i li- I was from here anyway, yeah, you know, and then I throw a little pigeon in, and I was like, oh, you're local, you know <laughs> so <laughs> um but I think it's, uh, you know, if you, because everyone has this idea of, 
as soon as they visit Hawaii, like everyone visit whenever you visit, like I wonder what it'd be like to live here. And I've been coming here for twenty years, so mm. every time I come, I would be like, you know, I wonder. So <laughs> I was here in two thousand six. I was in Maui, and I bought them to the bookstore, and I bought a book called "So You Want to Live in Hawaii." And you know that pretty much that book pretty much tells you unless you know don't come here unless you want to work like three jobs and you're you're holly and you're gonna just be in tourist you know des- you know you're gonna be a bartender and you know that's pretty much you know a true for a lot of people yeah um you know i was very fortunate um for just the stars aligned i was in maui in 2018 on vacation i decided to look for a job in hawaii and was fortunate enough to land a job and they moved me here so they really you know they gave me no choice but to 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 try this out because if i wouldn't have then i'd always like it would be full of regret as far as you know what if what if i would have went to hawaii what if you know now i know i know hawaii is wonderful and i i know it's not for me at this moment in time and that's cool yeah but at least i know you know and that's one thing I like to tell people a lot too with the what ifs like at least try it yeah because you'll know yeah um it's something you know when I was in the hospital especially when I would go to like the sick areas to do you know programming on the phones or, or reinitializations on the, the IP phones that mm-hmm. we had you talk to a lot of the people that are really sick or terminally ill or the elderly and they're like I wish I did this right. I wish I did that right. and you know for me I probably haven't shared this with you but you know I'm four years in remission I had colorectal cancer oh and you know going through that and going through wow the okay you know what happens if you don't make it this is how much time we can estimate so I've just been the last Several years, I've just been like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you've pretty much seen the other side already, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's like you have to live. Yeah. You have to do the things you want to do. Yeah, you know. And I mean, it's it's. I'm glad you're in remission. And uh, four years, you said. Four years. So one more year until you can say you're cancer free, which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I know that it's uh, it has to be. It changes your perspective on things, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, go out and do it. I mean, I did a podcast right before I actually got the job. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a you know, thing on YouTube where people they were interviewing me because I was from a particular town and mm-hmm. from Muscovina, and um, it was all about you know talking about you know going after your dreams and you know that just because you're older doesn't mean you you don't have dreams or just you know the same stuff that you dream about in your 20s is going to be different than what you dream about in your 40s but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go after things and you shouldn't yeah. um you know stop people or stop yourself or have other people stop you from pursuing those things um you know if i would have turned down hawaii and just to stay in California because it was comfortable, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be a happy person. I mean, I, yes, you know, living and moving and moving to Hawaii and living here has definitely caused conflict. Um, 
you know, you, you can't uh, disrupt your life like that without there being some conflict. Yeah. Um, but that's how you grow. And you, you can't grow unless you place yourself in difficult situations. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you just keep complacent, I wrote something recently that greatness doesn't come from a place of complacency. It's true. It's very true. And also, <clears throat> that you notice that there's, because of the laid back culture out here, there is a kind of a layer of complacency. Yes. And it's, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about when you want to do more, it can be frowned upon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I get that from my, my in laws. Like, why don't, you know, why weren't you just happy with where you were? Why did you want more? And I'm like, I want to provide more. I yeah. want to do more. I want to see more. You know, when we have kids, I want to be like, hey, you know, I did this, this, and this, and I want you to go out there and, and explore. Yeah. I don't want you to be like, oh, this is where I'm from, and I'm never leaving, and I'm just going to stay yeah. in my little bubble. Yeah. My Hawaiian friends, uh, who like, you know, where I was working and, you know, and the job that I had with Hawaii Health Systems would be like, why would you ever leave that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, from that perspective, I understand. You know, it's a great job. It affords you a comfortable life in Hawaii, and that's hard. Just getting there, having a comfortable life in Hawaii is tough. Yes. So the (laughs) fact that I was able to do that, you know, people are like, why would you ever, you know, want to, you know, I I needed more. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if if we think we still got time. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, so talk about the music. Sure. So you're going to be going back to California, going to be getting back into the scene. It's there. Re- ready, falling into place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, it's in. It's funny because when I first moved here, like three days after I first moved here, I had a gig, uh, and then as soon as I get back into town and back into uh, Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. um, that first weekend I'm there, I have a gig. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's, and then I already have kind of stuff lined up. Um, one thing I, I'm going to do is really kind of limit myself, because um, Santa Barbara is about the same proximity from San Diego to L.A., mm-hmm. about 90 miles. And um, I don't want to be in L.A. every weekend. You yeah. know, I want to embrace that I, ha- I am living in some place new. And I love that area of California. Um which is kind of the start of the central coast. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of wineries and breweries and um, just, I want to take that in. I don't want to just like get there and just be in Cal- in LA every weekend. So I really want to focus on not doing as much as I used to. Cause one thing about when I was, you know, in LA, I was very prolific because I would just, I'd be everywhere. Um, I heard you were called the mayor. Yeah, they called me the mayor. <laughs> They've called me the Godfather. I mean, whatever. I, um, the, Frankie Bones, who's a very famous New York DJ, um, when he comes to LA, uh, yeah, he calls me the mayor of Los Angeles because it's like, it's like you're on every damn flyer. I'm like, yeah, I just work hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, 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 but I do want. I think part of what was a, one of the side effects that I hoped that moving to Hawaii would do for me was allow me to miss L.A. and allow L.A. to miss me. Mm-hmm. Because how can you miss someone if you never leave? Yeah. If they never if they never leave. So 
I was hoping, and it felt that way when I went back in August. I got booked to do um, this uh, party at Grand Park, which is um, right across the street from City Hall. Mm -hmm. And um, I haven't DJed in LA since for several months since I left in early January. So it's been about seven months since I've been there, and um, just the amount of love that I got coming back home was like I needed that it fed my, it fed my soul so, so you're saying like you, you know you're, you're going to be like uh, you're looking for that, that marquee I'm, but I'm looking it's not even that I'm looking for balance yeah I'm looking for for myself especially you know I've been doing this a long time I've been mm-hmm. you know and I think what's important for me and where I'm at in my life because I do have this and the music is super important to me. But I'm also going to Santa Barbara as a director of IT mm-hmm. um, for you know, a large university. And I do want to take that seriously as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to you know, focus my energies on just being a DJ and not where it's... I'm not focusing on what's paying me and affording me the life of still pursuing my DJing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I take my, my IT career very seriously. I've been very blessed and fortunate to even have an IT career because I'm not super technical. Um, I just know how to manage technical teams. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I got into ITIL and ITSM and really focused on that and really just kind of understood it and was able to make a career from it um so that's really you know i'm fortunate i know a lot of my peers as far as djs are concerned you know they're still active and and you know that's amazing that they're still being able to live off the music for that amount of time i did it for four years i lived off the music for four years and it stressed me out yeah Um, because if you know the party doesn't go well and they then the promoter can't pay you then you, you, I can't tell my landlord I can't pay your, your rent because uh, yeah this party got busted, you know. So, um, if it, <laughs> my parents are very very different, and which is probably why they divorced when I was two. <laughs> uh, my father has a very head in the clouds, you know, kind of, you know, almost hippieish, but not. He lives in Santa Fe, mm-hmm. and he just has this kind of more of a freer spirit. And my mom is very, you know, analytical and has her, you know, how, but how are you going to do this? And how are you going to make this happen? And, um, you know, very, you know, stable and secure. And so I've always lived my life in a way where I, I tell people that I have my head in the clouds while my feet are firmly planted on the ground. And that's where I, I, that's the balance for me is to be able to go out and still enjoy this. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the truth is, you know, at 46, <clears throat> you know, when I was 18 when I started, I never, I read an interview when I was t- 25 that stated, yeah, I don't think I could be a 45 year old DJ. I probably have to move on at some point. And here I am, a 46 year old DJ. So it's like, <laughs> at some point, I, I thought there was an end game, but if, if, if it still feels good and it's still you're still making people dance and you're still enjoying it, yeah. I want to enjoy it as long as I possibly can because when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. So, 
And that's kind of what Hawaii taught me too, because I wasn't DJing as much, and it kind of showed me it's okay. Yeah. You know, because I think for for me it was like, what is my identity without music? What is my identity without Theo? Can there be a, a, a Jacob without Theo? Mm-hmm. And absolutely. Um, it, there's other things, there's other avenues, but I didn't know that until I came here. You know, it really kind of, when you, it, when you move to Hawaii, it forces you to slow the fuck down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that really showed me, I was like, okay, well, I know I have, I, there is no, you know, five or six places to DJ every week. So what do I do now? Yeah. You know, and I tried to focusing on production and, and I did bring a lot of my studio gear here mm-hmm. and, um, and I started working on an album that's kind of influenced by my, my living here. Mm-hmm. And I, I do plan on finishing that up shortly when I get back. Um, and all of the, all of the, the song titles are, are uh, native Hawaiian that m- meant something about my journey, um, while living here mm-hmm. and, and who, you know, I'm, I may come back. I don't know. I, mean, I love I love Hawaii. It's I mean it's it's hard not to love it. You know. Plus, once you know, for those who don't know Hawaii, Aina means land. Yeah. And um, but it's more than just land. It's also the spiritual kind of what what ties your spirit to the land. It's yeah. more than just saying, oh, that piece of dirt is Aina. No, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 how you are tied to this place. And I think, you know, for certain people who live here, um, even if it's a short term, that you become part of the Aina and you, you, the Aina kind of becomes part of you. And I feel that no matter what, you know, and I, again, I'm lucky because I get a hall pass from the, the color of my skin, uh, <laughs> that, I, you know, I'll always have, you know, Hawaii in me. And, um, you know, so what I like now is that when I return here, it won't be as a as a visitor. It'll be I, I, yeah, I used to live here. Yeah. It'll be as a former resident, and that's that to me is really really cool. 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 Um, I guess I have about two more questions, sure. and we'll go from there. But um, <clears throat> so we've got a mutual friend, yes, Billy uh, Nadell. So he's actually how we got uh, introduced to one another. Yep, and. <sighs> Some questions, like some, some things he, he was telling me, he's like, you've DJed like when an earthquake was <laughs> happening. Yes. yes. <laughs> you've, you know, you, you've uh, closed out a rave when the sun was coming up. Yeah. Um, it's like, he says you've got stories and I'm like, I, I'm all for stories. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear some. Uh, <laughs> you know, DJing is... Uh... <laughs> Opened, you know, it's allowed me to travel. The country has been able to show me different places. The first reason I came, first time I came to Hawaii was to DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the times I've come to Hawaii was to DJ. Um, so DJing has, you know, really allowed me to have very, very many unique, you know, situations and circumstances. Um, you know, the one that Billy was talking about as far as the earthquake, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was like 99 or 2000. I was DJing at a party in San Bernardino at this place called the Master Dome. Yeah. And um, it was probably like 3 or 4 in the morning. So it was getting close to when the party was going to end anyway. And um, 
all I remember it was like I felt like it felt like the stage was on rollers, like someone was pushing the stage. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, this is concrete. No one's pushing this. <laughs> and then there were some flashes because outside there were the um, some of the electri- uh, electricity poles were um, were over getting over and they were charging up. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh. and then I stopped the music and I realized we were having an earthquake. And it's funny because. You know, immediately, the way I look at it, we're having an earthquake. Everyone, please get the hell out. Yeah. No one wanted to fucking leave. <laughs> no, everyone wanted the party to keep going. Uh, uh, yeah. So, fortunately, the owner was like, no, we got to close it down. Because otherwise, they would have been like, we got to keep this this shit going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been, there was one time I was DJing, and this is 97. I was DJing at a venue that was a, um, outdoors, it was a, um, Outdoor kind of art garden. Yeah. Out in like Coachella. And they had, you know, back in the raves, they have these giant walls of speakers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was DJing, and I, uh, to my left, I noticed the speaker falling. I'm like, oh, shit. And I could, I could tell there's a girl was trying to climb up there to dance on the speaker, and the speaker <laughs> was insecure, so it fell down. It fell down on someone's head. And I had to turn off the music. You know, the ambulance came, got him, and, you know, got the the corner right on the top of his head. And the next weekend, I saw him out, and he had like 15 staples in his head. And that amount of dedication, that still sticks with me, (laughs) that the fact that, you were so dedicated to the rave that you decided, I know I just got staples because some bitch like put a uh, speaker on top of my head, but you still went out the next weekend. That is awesome. <laughs> and you were showing your, your, your rave wounds off. And so that, that was, I will never forget that. I'm like, damn, you know, you could have took a weekend off, but no, gotta <laughs> go rave. Like time to clock in. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, most of I, I have a lot of you know favorite moments as far as DJing is concerned, and mm-hmm. you, know, you know, DJing in the, out in the desert as the sun rises is always you know a, a beautiful way to start your Sunday. Yeah. You know? But it's funny because I don't, I've never really been into drugs or that part of the scene, mm-hmm. so I've never like. Whereas, like, I'm gonna just do a bunch of drugs and I'll be up all night, or you know, I'm not that person. So, what I end up doing is like, and I, I know some people are like, oh, you know, it just doesn't fit the characteristic of a, like a rave DJ. Yeah. So, no, I, I sleep. <laughs> so, I'll be in bed till like two, three in the morning. And I, if I have to be somewhere at like five in the morning, that's like, you know, an hour and a half away, I'll wake up get dressed, go get some coffee, and then go out to the party. So I'm like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with a, a cup of Starbucks in my hand, and th- most of the crowd has been there all fucking night. And it's, you can tell, like, they are dirty. And here I am, <laughs> like, just spraying on some cologne. I'm ready, you know. And my, my, whole, my, whole, my whole part of that party is totally different than what they've experienced. And I like that. I like that we are all having a different experience. Like for me, my experience is I get to make people dance. That's mm-hmm. what I enjoy. 
I love watching people have a good time. And I love that I contributed that to that, to that good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that to me is, the, I'm more about the shared experience than I need to go party my face off. Um, so that's where I, my connection with the scene is, has always been revolved around the music and the experience and um, that, you know, symbiotic relationship between the DJ and the dancer is like, you know, because as much as, you know, I'm feeding them, they're feeding me, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I mean, I plan on one day, you know, writing a book, um, kind of just kind of going through, you know, my adventures in, in the rave scene of Los Angeles. Because I, I entered the rave scene at a very cool point in time. It was in 92. Mm-hmm. The rave scene really in L.A. started around 89. Um, but it really didn't, like, it wasn't cultural until, like, around 91, 92, mm-hmm. where it became kind of more of a scene. And there was, you know, that's when the media started, you know, doing these stories about, you know, it's 4 a.m., or where are your kids, you know, type of thing. And um, sensationalizing the rave scene, which actually brought more people going to raves yeah. because they wanted to see what this was about, like... They, the thing they saw on Channel Seven. What is that thing about? You know, so it brought, actually brought more people to going to parties. And then, you know, I remember going to like my first party that had like two thousand people, and we were, everyone was like, "Oh my God, we, there's two thousand people here!" And then in two thousand, when we started hitting like fifty thousand people, we were just like, "Where does it go here from here?" You know, we got like fifty thousand people at this party. Where the hell do we go? And Pasquale was basically, "Yeah, we'll hold my beer." And, you know, you know, now he do, he's doing EDC and you're getting like 120,000 people over the weekend. And just so I was at EDC two years ago and I'll probably be at EDC this year. But two years ago, I remember um, I came in through the, the I was there in 2016 and I came in through the artist entry, which didn't really give you like the 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 full effect of entering EDC. Mm-hmm. So and when I was there two years ago, I actually entered from the top of the you know, the you know, speedway. And you could just, when from the top, you can look down to see the party going on. And it, it gave me chills. It, I mean, honestly, it was just like, how crazy to think that I, I in some small way, contributed to this. Yeah. That's cool. You know, you know, and that's where I had an epiphany, too, because for a while I was kind of like, because the music's changed and it's become cheesier and poppier and it's become different, you know, and and for a while I wasn't respecting that. I was pushing against it. You know, it's like, you know, it used to be, it used to be better back then. Yeah. (laughs) That's where I'm at now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to be that person because Ultimately, I don't want to live a get off my lawn type of thing. Yeah. I, you know, I don't. I may not like where things go, but that doesn't mean I can't respect other people for enjoying it for what it is. Yeah. So, I had this epiphany moment where I was at the main stage, and like Mike and Dimitri Vegas, who are absolutely horrible DJs. I will say this, and I don't care. They are not good. Okay, absolutely horrible. Their music is shit, and them getting on the mic every five seconds just sucks. But they're not going after me. I'm not their target audience. 46-year-old DJs are not their target audience. 
<laughs> they're going after 16 to 21 year olds who don't give a shit about good music so much respect you're shit but I respect it <laughs> so I, I was watching this and I'm thinking this is horrible but these people are absolutely losing their, sh losing their shit to this and they're having a wonderful time and who am I to say that's wrong. I'm not. I can't. You this is ha true. Have a good time. That's amazing. The fact that you're having an amazing time listening to this shit music, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for being passive aggressive. <laughs> no, no, no. We love this. My audience, they love. We keep it raw and real. All so. right, we're good. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, and, and that's the thing about the music nowadays. Like, I... I, I do sometimes, like, I, if I cut on the radio and I'm like, I can't listen to this. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do that, too. Like, I'll listen to the mu music, like, that's popular nowadays. Yeah. Just to see what it's about. Because I want to stay, you know, at least, you know, have an awareness. Yeah. Like, because I'll hear things, like, for, like, I heard Migos. So I'm like, who the fuck is Migos? I mean, I didn't, I didn't know who these people were. Yeah. Um, so I started listening to it just so I could understand you know, what this is and w what my niece and nephew like, or, you know, luckily my niece loves vinyl and loves listening to Frank Sinatra, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you know, you want to see what is culturally, culturally relevant um, in the times that you live in. So I, I listen to it. It doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Uh, but I also listen to things like Billie Eilish or Eilish or whatever her name is. And she's awesome. I love her voice and what yeah. she's doing. And so I think, you know, that, you know you're not going to like everything. And that's fine. I mean, my parents probably listened to, you know, I was listening to goth, rave, and hip-hop. And my, my parents were probably like, you know, the fuck are you on? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think culturally every, you know, new generation has to listen to music that will piss off the former generation. Yeah. You, know, you, you all want to listen to shit that's going to piss off your parents. That's just what it is. <laughs> so... No, it's it's so true. It's <laughs> so I, I used to work uh, back when we used to have uh, Zanzibar. Mm -hmm. So I used to be uh, a promoter there. Is this still going? I think it's flashing. Okay, so I used to promote there. I used to promote at uh, Play Bar, and uh, my cousin uh, D, uh, DJ Rude Dog. Mm -hmm. So we do stuff together. Or uh, my my sister's husband. Um, DJLT, we mm -hmm. do stuff together as well. And uh, back when I was going out, I want to say like what, 2000, from 2007 to like 2013, I'm like, man, the music is great. And then it just changed. I'm like, it, I feel like when it comes to music now, it's really rare to feel where you can actually like legitimately feel the music so it's it's two things it's your prism of where you're at in life is different than where you were when you're younger right sure. so you're more experienced you, you 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 have more of i like what i like and i know what i don't like yeah. now you know so there's that aspect of it um yes and a lot of it times the music is just shitty and you know <laughs> but ultimately you you as you grow up you're you tend to look at things from a a sense of nostalgia, yeah. right? So it's like, oh, does it give me that feeling of what I felt like when I was young? 
you know, and if that if if it does, and it automatically it will appeal to you because that sense of nostalgia is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, if you're open to new things and you're open to you know, you know, what is this about? And I try to be open because I mean, you know. I try to try to appreciate things for what they are mm-hmm. instead of like for example this will go into Star Wars for a second. Okay. I listen okay. to a podcast called Rebel Force Radio mm-hmm. and they talk about, you know, everyone had this ideas of what the new trilogy should have been. But they would rather focus on the Star Wars that is rather than the Star Wars that isn't. Yeah. So it's not not that, you know, they there's probably could have been better or they're cut, you know, but this is what we have. Yeah. And instead of worrying about, oh, well, they should have done this and this and... No, well, this is what we have. So either embrace it or don't embrace it. Yeah. But this is what you have. Yeah. So, so you know, before we, we go, is there anything you'd like to uh, leave the audience with before we wrap up? Um, if you're Hawaiian, I love Hawaii. Thank you for allowing me to reside in your beautiful state for the past uh, 14 months. It's been a journey, and um, I don't leave Hawaii um, indifferent to it. I leave, um, it's very bittersweet um, leaving this island. I've gotten to know some wonderful people, and like I wish I would have known about you. I would have loved to have been hanging around with you. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, in LA, and if you're from LA, and our journeys and uh, paths have crossed, uh, while I've over the past 27 years or eight years, whatever. Thank you, thank you for um, being a part of my journey, and thank you for um, you know. I wrote recently if if um, if at any point you ever danced to one of my sets um, over the past 28 years, mahalo. And thank you for, for allowing me to touch your life and, and touching mine at the same time. Um, so, no, I'm, I'm leaving Hawaii with, in a state of pure gratefulness. And um, whoever is watching, I'm grateful for you watching and, and listening to us talk story. So. Yeah. so, I lied. I have one final question. Sure. The true final question, the yes. ultimate question yes. here. Did you have fun? Here? Yeah, this. Oh, this? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, like I said, you know, I love talking story. I love getting to know people and getting to know about them yeah. and vice versa. I love the, the engagement. I think there's so much of that is lost these days because you're only seeing people's lives from a point of their check-ins or their photos or their little, you know, it's funny because on Facebook, it's either one or the other. It's either my life is so beautiful this is the most amazing thing, or mm-hmm. my life is utter shit and I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And that's all there is. There's no in-between. Yeah. Um, it's one, one or the other. And it's like, it's, Facebook is bipolar as fuck. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm scrolling through a feed and it's like, ah, oh, the, the most amazing, beautiful thing. And then the next thing is like, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, oh shit. How do I, how do I actually deal with this? This amount of information that I'm getting. And yet feel sympathetic in one side and empathetic, but yet at the same time be celebratory. Yeah. Almost within the same, like within one swipe of your phone. Yeah. You have to be celebratory and have empathy. It is, I don't know how we do it as a society. No. <laughs> 
No, but uh, no, absolutely. I had a wonderful time. Awesome, awesome, man, awesome. And, you know, uh, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day oh, to, no problem. to come here. Much and, mahalos. You know, with this crazy weather we've been having lately. Okay, so. Which so, is still better than LA. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, for the audience, for you guys, the weather lately has been very bipolar. It's either very hot, very windy, very rainy. Or some combination yes, of all three. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, if you don't like the weather in Hawaii, just wait 10 minutes. Yeah. It, it'll switch, yeah. just like that. Uh, so with that being said, uh, you guys will be able to catch this episode of the Castle of the Podcast on all major podcasting outlets from iTunes, uh, Apple Play, well, nah, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and more, as well as being able to catch this on YouTube.com slash Mikhail Casanova. We're worldwide. We, you know what? <laughs> we're trying. That, that's, that's the objective. And um, for our guests, we're going to leave all your links cool. down in the description of the podcast. And, you know, Jacob, it's been quite an honor having oh, you on It's the been show. my pleasure. And, man, we got to do this again. Yes. I'll, I'll be in L.A., a couple months for E3. Well, when you're there for E3, we'll, we'll, we'll hook up for sure. Definitely, definitely. We'll talk more story. With that being said, guys, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch y'all on the next one. Mahalo and aloha. Aloha. I'm supposed to say aloha. How did I mess that up? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys Thank for you. watching. Hey, did you enjoy this episode of the Castanova Podcast? Well, I'm sure you did. And since you did and you're wondering where else you can find it, you can find it on every podcasting outlet. Yes, that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Launchpad DM by Podcast One, and so much more. And the only thing I ask of you is if you truly enjoyed it, even if you didn't enjoy it, Please leave a rating and tell us what you thought of it, what you like, what you didn't like, and everything in between. And also, if you're looking for video formats of this podcast and many more, you'll be able to find them on YouTube.com slash Mikhail Casanova, as well as on Twitch.tv slash Mikhail Casanova, and new episodes every single Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, that being said, this is Mikhail Casanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber, I am signing out. You guys have a great one.